the show. Welcome to the show. Hello, fanatics. I'm Dylan Phillips, and welcome to the Fanat Podcast, where we talk news and our views on movies, TV, video games, and anything else that comes to mind while we drink copious amounts of alcohol for your enjoyment. To my right, she certainly isn't drunk yet, but she is definitely high on life. It is Alex X. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? <laughs> that was creepy. Sorry. You're so creepy. I will never get this right. Never, ever. Um, so we should rename this podcast Life, then. Thank you. That was kind and not hurtful in any way. Uh, moving on. Our first topic of news of the day is Mulan and whether it should be a musical or not. Yes. Or whether it will be a musical or not. Yes. What are your thoughts, Dylan? Dylan. Um, well, my thoughts are I heard that apparently one guy at Disney in the uppity ups of Disneyland. That one guy. That one guy uh, who thinks he has all the power says Ugh. that uh, the movie's Men. not going to be a musical. And then the director came out and said he has no idea whether or not it's going to be a musical or not. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> yeah, he was kind of like, I haven't heard this news. Um, so it sounds like they kind of want to veer away from making it a musical movie. And they want to make it more of like an action-packed Disney adventure movie with maybe some musical elements. Um, I don't know if they're going to use the songs from... Mulan specifically as like actual musical numbers or if they're going to use the melodies as undertones in the score um I they have to have like two or three of the songs in it like mm. it's like the jungle book the jungle book had way more songs. it wasn't overly musical no like but, I wouldn't think jungle book yeah that was a musical yeah but when but you there watch were the original movie there's definitely a lot more music than there yeah. was in the actual uh live action but they had to have those songs in it because they're so iconic and with Mulan, there's definitely at least three songs that come to mind that you mm -hmm. have to have in a movie like that. Like, I do not want to listen to the melody of Reflection play rather than her sing it, mm -hmm. you know? Like, I don't know. I think... But I also think it could be cool if they if they do do it just orchestrally. I think they need to at least do it orchestrally and, and have that oh, in there least, somehow. Yeah. Um, but I think it might be interesting to just take the element of, of you know, the actors singing out of it completely mm -hmm. um because it makes it more realistic i'm one of those people that that like doesn't like musicals because i'm like people don't do that in real life like yes i dance around my kitchen singing but i don't make up songs on the spot and sing about my life problems and then everyone's choreographed and then everybody knows exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> also i just want to point out that you know you messed up when the director comes out and they're like I seriously did not say that. What are you talking about? Who, what ha yeah. is happening here? <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm sure we'll get more news about that. Yeah. I mean, Disney has shown that they definitely can do the live action with their movies. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely with The Jungle Book and now with Beauty and the Beast. So, it'll definitely be interesting to see where they go with that and what movies are actually musicals. Because, like, for instance, The Lion King, is that going to be a musical movie or is it gonna be more like the jungle book well apparently it's live action and i don't think lions can sing very well so <laughs> well what about baloo he was animated though yeah wasn't he? and they're yeah. gonna be animated in this one too so how is it this comes back to my freaking how is it live action then <laughs> because it's set in the real world it's live action they're real lions it's not drawings they're real lions it's not it's not it's actually so, set realistically all of the characters are not real but it's outside <laughs> in the real world. So if you cry about the death scene, you're crying about nothing because it doesn't exist. Because it doesn't exist. Exactly. Yes. Okay. 
<laughs> All right, moving on. So, following the Disney trend, we're going to talk about another list because we love lists, and that list is related to one that I actually did for a video. So, my list was the five best Disney sidekicks. Well, this list is the top ten Disney sidekicks. So, Alex, tell us what the top ten are. I will. Okay, so, uh, hmm. number ten, Flora, Fauna, and Mary Weather. Mary Weather, wah, wah, wah. Mary Weather is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I want somebody to explain to me, please, how exactly they are sidekicks. They're not. They're just, like, they're fairy godmothers, basically. Yeah. Like, they show up at the beginning and at the end. They're not even in the middle, really. Well, they take care of her a little bit. A little bit. But yeah. it's not like, like, when you think sidekick, you think, like, Shrek and Donkey. Yeah. Like, they're going on a mission together and... And they're they're through thick and thin. They're there for each other, not like like the fairy godmother from Cinderella, you know. Yeah. So, anyways, moving on. Number nine is Lumiere. Mm -hmm. uh, eight is Jiminy Cricket. Seven is Olaf. Six is Baloo. Five is Sebastian, which I think they messed up there. You got to get uh, Flounder in there somewhere because he's the bomb. Um, four <laughs> is Tinkerbell. Three is the Seven Dwarves because. What? <laughs> because apparently they're not their own individual people. I don't even think they're that you could can consider them. <laughs> they're just, they're a mob. Yeah. They're a, they're a sidekick mob. But I don't think you can consider them again. That's like saying they're like just the her best guardians. Sidekick from, really? Um, that's like saying the best sidekick from Frozen is the trolls. Yeah. Like, like saying the best sidekick from Toy Story is the aliens. Yeah, it doesn't make uh, sense. Wah. They're just... <laughs> And then uh, number two, of course, is Genie, and one is Timon and Pumbaa. Now I'm gonna say right off the bat. Now we're gonna we're gonna make our own five lists here and discuss this a little bit. But I think that the one that they definitely missed on this list right off the bat is Mushu. Yep, Mushu is one of like my absolute all time yeah. favorite. Like I don't understand why characters. he's not on this list. Um, also Apu from Aladdin. Apu's a good one as well, but Apu's maybe they great. just wanted to go with Genie because there's too many from the same movie. Yeah, I guess. Um, but they had Timon and Pumbaa. You could put Genie and Apu. No, they're not. It's not the same dynamic. It's not, but they 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 are like. No, I wouldn't do it that way because then you could go Sebastian and Flounder, and I think that's still not. But the you could have done that. No, because well, they kind of yes. Okay, Sebastian Timon, Sebastian and Flounder is more like Timon and Pumbaa yeah. than Genie and Apu yeah. is are because they like they have the same like I would say Timon is Sebastian where he's kind of like calling the shots and uh, Flounder is like the the lovable goof like Pumbaa. But at the same time, how many scenes do you see with? Um, Sebastian and Flounder potentially being alone with Ariel or other characters, whereas how many times do you see Timon and Pumbaa yeah. alone, right? They do a little. Not that much. A little. Like, there's a Minuscule. couple of scenes. But anyways, moving on. Dylan, what would be your top... Well, we already know your top five. Yeah, mine, mine were in that video, so in case you haven't seen that video, um, number five is Kronk from The Emperor's New Groove. Number four is Baloo from The Jungle Book. Number three is Genie from Aladdin. Number two is Mushu from Mulan, and number one is Timon and Pumbaa from The Lion King. Okay, mine is basically yours, but in a different order. Um, so number five would be Olaf and Baloo. Number four would be Timon and Pumbaa. Three would be Mushu. Um, two would be Genie, and number one would be Kronk, because he cracks me up. But I also, somewhere on my ten list, I would definitely have Apu, Zazu, and Flounder. Yeah. Because they're great. I think on my 
six through ten list, I definitely have Lumiere and yeah. Jiminy Cricket. Um, those two are two big Disney sidekicks that definitely don't like get as much recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Lumiere probably will after the live action movie, but like Jiminy Cricket is one of the biggest Disney sidekicks. Well. Not in size, but in heart. But how so, many people really remember Pinocchio? Like, what you think, The Little Mermaid, you think. Well, that's because that's know. part of, like, this generation. Yeah. It's Disney, though. Like, Pinocchio's so old, right? It's, like, in the same vein as, like, Dumbo. Yeah, but, it's like, it's just, it wouldn't be in, like, if I thought of my top five Disney films, it probably wouldn't be in yeah. there. Like, I think it would be that near the bottom. A lot of people's opinions might change on Disney sidekicks just because not only the... Um, adaptation of each but also revisiting those movies after seeing the live action because now they're remaking all of them right like we've mm-hmm. heard casting about Dumbo and Little Mermaid and stuff eventually they're going to do things like Pinocchio and we're going to get all those movies again so you're going to see a live action Jiminy Cricket now is that going to be really weird probably yeah but could same... you imagine like Danny DeVito Jiminy Cricket <laughs> why Danny DeVito because he's of short all the people. and Jiminy no, Cricket is tiny it's going to be see yeah so He's going to be CGI, so, so what's gonna, the point? Okay, well, you don't have to do him. You could have him as, instead of being a cricket, he's just some guy named Jiminy Cricket. So what you're saying is we should just cricket. take James Earl Jones's character, Mufasa, and take him and dress him like he no, isn't coming no, to no. America, and just make him Mufasa and sit him on Pride That's Rock. That's different, because all of, the an- all of the characters in that film are animals, yeah. whereas Pinocchio, they're all people, no, except for most of them are no, people. The- the ones that scheme with him are like a fox. The fox tricks him. Like a fox oh, yeah. dressed and stuff. Yeah. The only human character is Geppetto. Oh. Oh, yeah. But I kind of thought, like, when they go to the little place where they're all um, trapped, I thought they were people. I'm they not remembering be, like, this wrong then. If they are real people there, they're not part of the main, like, cast. Because those are like yeah, but there's still it's not like the entire cast. Yeah, are but like the the villains are. But okay, it wouldn't. The Lion King would not work yeah, if you made them all yeah. human. Whereas Pinocchio, yeah. if you made them uh, all human, hello, it would still Lion work. Lion King does work. It's called Hamlet. Okay, yeah, but it's not. It's a completely different movie. Like you could still make Pinocchio Pinocchio with human characters. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Don. You're welcome. (laughs) Moving on. All right. So the next piece of news is that the writer for Rogue One again has come out and decided to say something. This guy has nothing better to do. Oh my god. So he's come out and complained about this script a number of times. The first time he was complaining about how Disney he didn't know if Disney would want them to kill off all the characters at the end because it didn't seem like a Disney type thing to do. So he was debating changing it. Then he talked about um whether or not he wanted to actually have the cameos and the CG characters in there. And he was a little bit on the fence about it. And now he's come out again, and he's like, I wanted Darth Vader to potentially kill somebody at the end, one of the major characters. And this is who? Orson Krennic. Mm. Now, take into account, the way Orson Krennic dies in the original movie is that Scarif gets blasted by that Death Star beam. Now, of course, the Death Star is not fully operational yet. So... At this point, it's just blasting the Earth. It's not actually exploding the planet. However, it's going to cause some serious damage. And for some reason, they thought, oh, he's going to survive this blast. As you do. Yeah. And they're going to bring him up to the Star Destroyer just so that Darth Vader can choke him to death because of his insolence. And I thought, why? 
What is the point? Seems very like going out of the way to elaborate. I'll, I'll give him this. That is very like true to Darth Vader's character. He mm-hmm. he's like at okay. You're not dead, and now you're going to come up here, and I'm going to kill you with not really my bare hands, but basically my bare hands, because yeah. you are irritating to me. D- definitely out of all the ways that Darth Vader could kill him, that's probably the best way to do it, because that's very Darth Vader fashion, instead of being yeah. like, I'm going to take my lightsaber and just hack at you because I'm because I'm, I'm like going to do it kid. slowly but and like, dramatically and go way out of my way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like that does play into the fact that they were showing that this character in Rogue One is very much the Darth Vader we know from the original trilogy and yeah. not from the prequels, because it's like, he's still got that like little sass to him that James Earl Jones had in the originals, but then he also has a swagger to him when he's walking, and he doesn't seem like as... Uh, I guess I'd say comical in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, when I watch Revenge of the Sith, all I think is when he gets on his knees and he yells no. So that's a little bit comical to me. Um, however, when you look at this movie and you see the progression, he's very sassy. He's always talking down to these people. And then at the end, he just is an absolute badass, mm-hmm. which is what you expect from Darth Vader. And if you have that little thing right before the badass part, it maybe downplays the amount of mm-hmm. badass that is in that final scene. So I'm glad they didn't do it. It just wouldn't make sense. This guy just seems and like, it was unnecessary. It would be unnecessary. This guy just wants to complain. Yeah. Like, it's a good He's movie. like, wait, I wrote it, but no no one's paying attention to me anymore because it's over now. Can yeah. you pay attention to me? Or they're just trying to drum up hype for the it's new movie. because movies. his name's not Kasten. Because Kasten's the guy that did all the good ones. Like, he did episode five, he did episode yeah. six, and he also is writing the Han Solo movie. And he also did Indiana Jones. So he's well known for being probably the best Star Wars writer. Um, and so this guy's like, well, I'm not any casting, but I'm going to talk about my movie all the time mm-hmm. so people remember me. Don't forget uh, me. Don't uh, forget me. That's what it is. Uh, so the next piece of news is that there's a story behind uh, w- the reason for the Epcot Center at Disney World. So mm-hmm. Disney World is divided into a bunch of parks, and one of them is called Epcot. And so that's like the learning center with like science and technology and stuff. So it's kind of cool. Um, and so basically, the Epcot Center was initially seen as a self sustaining city. That was how it was designed yeah. originally by Walt Disney. Like his vision was to have this city in a bubble, basically. And um, there would be businesses and restaurants and parts of the city would be um, themed after different cultures. Um, and then there would be even like a rail line running through so that people could get around on this rail line. Um, but unfortunately, he died before the project could come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, owners of the park then and the land decided to just go ahead and build a park there. I know I think they didn't have the funds to build the full city and nobody really was on board because originally he wanted like 20,000 people to be living in this city. Um, but nobody got on board, so they just Mm -hmm. went ahead and built a park instead. Yeah, I think they said that he was the biggest backer of it, and so once he was gone, it kind of just fell apart. apart, Yeah, yeah. because like he he just had so much pull there because of just who he was, and then all of a sudden he's gone, no one took up the mantle, the government didn't want to support it, they didn't think it was really realistic. I mean, this was they were bringing this plan to them in like the mid 60s, they're like, this is kind of stupid. So they didn't go with it, and so they went, well, Walt designed this, let's make it into a park. And they ended up making it one of the better parks at Disney. I mean, it's not one that you go to for the attractions, per se, like in terms of, like, rides, but it definitely has a lot of attractions for, like, 
learning and education, but at the same time, you also have a lot of like cultural stuff there, which you don't get from the other parks. So it's really cool. To which see is kind of nice because there's at least there's like a little bit of his original dream for the for the Epcot Center yeah. in there. And for all we know, maybe he's like buried right there, like his frozen <laughs> creepy. body. Creepy, creepy. His frozen I don't really want to think about that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh yeah, he was frozen, thing? right? Yeah. Or, or cryogenically frozen? Yeah. Is that? That's the conspiracy, yeah. Oh, it's a conspiracy. I don't remember if it's actually true. I just know that I hmm. I heard it growing up the entire time. I'm like, he's like the, they want to eventually make him like the talking heads in Futurama. <laughs> That'd be funny. No, uh, wouldn't so that be creepy? <laughs> the last piece of news that we're going to talk about is, again, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, because we were so pumped for this movie. Yes. Uh, and it's that Chris Pratt came out, and he hyped the movie in probably the most, the most Chris, Chris Pratt, Pratt way. hilarious yeah. way, yeah. <laughs> um, so do you want to read it, or do you want me to read it? You can go ahead and read okay, it. Okay, so we're going to read off what he said, and I'm going to put it in the description of this movie, uh, in this uh, video, so you can read it as well. But this is what he said. This is what he posted on Facebook. On May 5th, the greatest movie in the history of movies is coming. There has never been and will never again be a movie like this. Seriously. Ever heard of Citizen Kane? We're much better. Seriously. Our movie just tested at over 1 million points. Rotten Tomatoes already has it at 234% fresh. Hashtag Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 will win every movie award and about 39 Olympic gold medals. In swimming, gymnastics, the skiing event with the gun, X Games, snowmobiling, and everything. It will win the World Cup and about seven Super Bowl rings. Sorry, Tom Brady. This movie will fry your brains and lift your spirits. James Gunn will be elected president of the world. They will add the faces of the Guardians to Mount Rushmore for sure. We're going to get a planet. May 5th will become a national holiday. Everyone will get pregnant. Candy will fall from the sky. Global warming will stop. Dinosaurs will come back to life. Which, unlike some movies might tell you, is actually a really good thing. Because they won't flip out and kill people. Instead, they'll be your awesome pets. So basically, get your tickets as soon as you can. Don't be the only person on the planet who doesn't see this movie. I love the part where he says candy will fall from the sky, global warming will end, and people will get pregnant. It's like, okay. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Would candy, in fact, falling from the sky, stop global warming or cause it to increase? I think candy falling from the sky would stop global warming, so we should get on that right away. Yeah? Yeah, I like candy, so. I, I like the fact that he references Jurassic World in there. Yeah, I think that's cool, too. Because, you know, he's part of it, so it's it's entertaining. But Thank you, Chris Pratt, for that yeah, wonderful this, nugget of We didn't need this for this movie because it's so good. It's like if Ryan Reynolds came out and said something about Deadpool. Yeah. But it's just, it's this is the way he can do it. Like, Ryan Reynolds does it by acting as Deadpool in, like, teasers mm -hmm. and stuff like that and coming out and, like, uh, crashing uh, news junkets and stuff. And then you've got Chris Pratt. This is what he can do. He can't yeah. play Star-Lord and go out and do that in the world, but this is how he can do it. Yeah, he's really funny. I like that. I yeah. thought that was a really, really cool post. I think Anyways. it was hilarious. <laughs> so that's it with the news. Next up is Take It or Leave It, a rapid-fire segment of our thoughts on this week's announcements and upcoming releases. So, Alex, what's the first one? The first one, oh, oh, look at all those wonderful abbreviations over there. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, nope. I don't know what that says. Okay, well. <laughs> I think that's a six in there. It's a J6L. <laughs> no, that is a G. So there's an R-rated musical coming out that's going to be basically Pitch Perfect meets 
Book of Mormon, mm. and it is starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Channing Tatum. Oh, yes. Okay. The six was AG. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. I'm blind. For this, I'm going to take it. Yeah, I think, absolutely taking it. Um, musicals are coming back, and mm-hmm. I like that they're doing it R-rated, especially with these two guys. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has shown that he can sing. Yeah. Some things. Um, I haven't and he's seen... And he has a band, too, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen Channing Tatum sing before, but mm-hmm. he can, da- he can da- I think he oh, does a little in Magic Mike. I think I've Mike. seen it. Um, Hail Caesar. He plays uh, a sailor, like a Navy sailor yeah. in that, and he does a big dancing routine in that, and I think he mm-hmm. might sing in that. So if that's the case, this is this is where it's going for. But, um, yeah, those two, I love them. I've never seen anything that I don't like Joseph Gordon-Levitt in. Yeah, he, he's great. He has dramatic chops. He has action chops. He has comedy. It's like, almost like he's like Ke- Keanu Reeves that doesn't have any bad movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I've liked him since Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah. No, yeah. he's great. I'm really excited about this movie, and not just because I'm hoping they'll take their shirts off because they are beautiful, beautiful men. I think it's really cool. I I love that musicals are coming back, even though I'm one of those people that are like, I don't like musicals because it doesn't make sense that people are singing and dancing in real life. Um, mm. I think when you take it and you make an R-rated musical, it's something yeah. different, something, something different. fun. I well, I definitely take that. It's like the whole idea that. You, we've seen musicals before that get a little bit into that kind of nitty gritty and raunchiness, but never mm-hmm. to the point of R rating. And you get and you got the same thing with everything else, specifically comic book movies. You had movies that kind of went towards that, where it's like yeah. Watchmen and Punisher and stuff and Ghost Rider, but they never really pushed the boundaries. And then Deadpool did, and Deadpool was the first one. And then after that, Logan did it. Now they want to do more R rated ones because they got stuck in a niche. And yeah. That's what musicals are doing too. They they feel Coming like they out want of to the get stuck in the niche yeah. and they want to go forward. And it's cool, cool to see that. And it's also good to see like everything comes in cycles. Mm-hmm. Musicals were gone, now they're back. And the, hopefully they're replacing vampire movies. Yes. <laughs> and, me, yeah. and young adult dystopia. We cannot have uh, Twilight be our like, basis for it vampire It was Twilight movies. and vampire movies and the next one was the dystopian because yeah. you had Hunger Games, you had uh, Divergent, you mm-hmm. had Maze Runner, like all those. Um, and so now those have died down because they're all done. All yeah, those we gotta, we gotta redo so those. what's the next? <laughs> what's the next one? We don't know. Yeah. We're gonna see. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna take that. Yeah, I'm taking that. Cool. So, um, next up. The next one. Yeah. The next one. <laughs> uh, this is, this is a trailer that came out. Um, it's for a movie called Coco. I, <laughs> I was so confused watching the trailer. I liked it. Um, at first, before, okay, Dylan described the movie to me a little bit before he watched it, and I was like, okay, it's a weird premise for a movie, but let's watch it. And then I, I kind of got into it, it's this little kid playing guitar, um, looking up to his idol on the TV who's playing guitar, and he's kind of like playing along, and he's really good. And then all of a sudden it becomes uh, a movie about, what, like, Day of the Dead, and all of a sudden there's all these ghosts around, and he somehow got into this alternate dimension, or all of the ghosts have come to Earth, I can't quite tell. And it's like, all of a sudden, it's a completely different movie. I was so confused. It was like one thing and then another, and I it totally lost me. I'm not... I'm, I'm probably going to leave this one, because I'm just so yeah. confused by it. <laughs> the trailer definitely wasn't the best one. Um... It doesn't give you enough, and it seems mm. like there wasn't really a story there. Like, they didn't really give it a purpose. Like, yes, the kid... It seems like the kid, his father, 
is potentially the guy that he's looking up to um, just from like the way that they're insinuating things and by extension in that you are going to watch him on this journey and like he goes into the afterlife to try and find his do- uh, his father because his dad's dead and maybe that's the case but I saw another trailer that showed like skeletons walking around in our world and I thought that was pretty cool like it gave me a- an idea of like basically a very G-rated like Beetlejuice where like sometimes the ghosts roam among us and i thought that'd be really cool and had like the typical sidekicks that you'd expect from disney and pixar but this trailer specifically i just i couldn't get completely on board with it i'm not gonna throw away wanting to see this movie but this trailer specifically i'm gonna leave this trailer yeah it wasn't good (laughs) it was very confusing yeah so the next trailer that we watched was a trailer that dropped uh probably midweek and it was something that we grew up with and that is the captain underpants trailer uh so i had no idea who was in it and i was actually gonna look up the people as i was watching the trailer but then they started showing the names thankfully so it's kevin hart and ed helms Mm -hmm. as the two kids and man i (laughs) i'm kind of conflicted but at the same time not like the trailer did what it's supposed to do. It gave enough information about this. It didn't give away too much. It had a few jokes. Hopefully, that didn't give away all the best jokes in the movie. Um, I think that it's... From what the trailer had, it definitely had a little bit of adult humor in it. Um, I don't know if it's going to have as much adult humor as, say, like Shrek, that a movie like this would need, unless it's just going to play on the fact that the most of the people that read this are now in their, like mid to late 20s potentially and so they're going to play on toilet humor rather than intellectual humor for like adults like subtle references um regardless i think if you just go into it expecting it to be just captain underpants like exactly like the books then that's what you're going to get so i'm going to take it i'm going to take it um i'm actually really excited about that when i heard about the captain underpants movie i was like that 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 looks really stupid um but, like, to your point, I mean, Captain Underpants was never a serious yeah. series. I mean, it was a, it was goofy. It was it was silly, and they played on toilet humor. But <clears throat> I have to say, like, watching the trailer, it, it does seem really funny. And I, um, I think Ed Helms and... Uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, I think they... They had a lot of chemistry, and I really yeah. liked them as those little kids. I thought it was hysterical. I, I, I'm really looking forward to it, to be honest. I think the the thing that this reminds me of is because we, we grew up reading these books, but there was yeah. never a TV show for it or a movie. And so now the movie's coming out, and we're old enough to actually go and buy the tickets ourselves. Now, if, we, if this had been something that came out like two or three years after the books started coming out, then that means our parents would have had to take us, and mm-hmm. would they, like... I'm looking at it as the mindset of, like, an adult taking their kid, right? Whereas you're looking at more as, like, someone who grew up with it and, like, you personally. Yeah. So I can see from your perspective, because I I would be interested in going to see the movie potentially. Now, comparing this one to something, like, let's say, when we were growing up, Spongebob movie came out. And that was mm-hmm. something that we grew up with and watching, and then our parents had to go and watch that movie with us. I don't think there was as many adult themed jokes in spongebob there were definitely a few there was but i don't think that i think they just went over our heads yeah but no like even going back and watching it um as an adult i think that the the themes in that and like the whole concept of that movie wasn't as relatable to the adults of those kids rather than people you definitely have to be the kind of person that likes watching cartoons to watch something like that 
And we know you love your cartoons. I love my tunes. All right, so we're both going to take that. Yeah. Uh, the last trailer that we watched was one that dropped Thank a couple hours goodness. before we recorded, and we had to wait to record just for this trailer because I, yes. I wanted to talk about it at least, and that is the the uh, Justice League trailer. Justice League. I'm uh, actually super stoked for this. Yeah. I. You know what? DC seems like it had been crashing and burning with all this stuff, like bad reviews for Wonder Woman, like Batman's in and out of everything. Ben Affleck doesn't even sound like he wants to be a part of it anymore. The Flash is being rewritten. Batman v Superman, e, eh. uh, but Suicide Squad, e. Eh. But like this movie, the trailer looked pretty fucking good. It really did. No, I yeah. uh, and, and I kind of lost faith in in, uh, in at least at least after watching like the Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. Oh God, it was a train wreck, and I just kind of. I don't know. It, I wasn't expecting anything, but the trailer does look. It looks really good. I'm. I'm really excited to see. The two things that I really liked about it is we watched the first trailer, which I think came out around the Super Bowl, and that one got you a little bit hyped. But I believe mm-hmm. that one was more of a teaser, and this was the first trailer, and so it gave you a little bit of each of the characters that we hadn't seen yet. The one that you didn't see, mo- like at all, was probably Cyborg. Yeah. And then in this one, you got a lot of Cyborg. You, yeah. They did a thing that was very similar to how in Suicide Squad, they're telling you all the characters that are going to be part of the squad. And in this one, they did that with the trailer. And I think that that's how they were supposed, that's how they should have done it with Suicide Squad yeah. instead of putting it in the movie. And here it's like, okay, these are the characters. And then when you see it in the movie, it's it's going to be like they're actually going to these people organically rather than like, here's, here's their rap sheets. Let's mm-hmm. talk about them. So I think out of all of them, uh, I'd say Aquaman. I'm most yeah, excited I'm for. really. Yeah. I think Jason Momoa's Aquaman is the coolest thing I've seen in a while. Yeah, I'm really glad he's not like Mermaid Man slash Barnacle Boy from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he actually looks like a really cool yeah. Aquaman. He, he looks and, really badass. He looks like he can rival these guys. Like if he was going there in like the orange tights, I just wouldn't be convinced. But no, he just looks yeah. so gruesome and gritty and dark, and that's what they need for this. And he he looks like he could probably be one of the more powerful ones in the. Mm-hmm. And I like the in the trailer. There was just a little snippet of like banter with him and and Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And I think that's going to be really good. I think he's going to kind of well I rip on him the, a lot. I think the banter there is going to be very similar to how Iron Man and Thor. Yes. Interact. Yeah. Which I think will be really cool. Yeah. I just think I, I think he's going to be a little bit more relatable than Thor. Yeah. Because Thor is very distanced, whereas yeah. at least Aquaman and very lived. like righteous. Yeah. And, but and... but Aquaman lived on Earth. Yeah. Albeit in the water, but he did live on the planet. So I think that he still will be able to be a little bit more relatable. The other thing that I am interested to see is whether or not in the trailer they removed Superman from any of the things. Cause Superman yeah, that'd be wasn't cool. in the trailer, right? And so I wonder if they s- took him out of the CG and made it so it looks like it's just like the four or five of them going somewhere. And then all of a sudden they're just going to plop him back in there and be like, Oh yeah, I know he was around. I like that. They just showed the really, really quick shot of Lois Lane. Just, mm-hmm. it was like so quick. You could have missed it, but just kind of little hint in that they didn't show anything about Superman. They didn't do some cheesy thing of like his hand coming out of the grave or like rocks shaking on the grave or something mm-hmm. as if maybe he's still alive. They just showed her face really quickly. And I thought that was a really cool, way to uh, nod to Superman and the possibility of him being in the film. Yeah. So I I think that this trailer did exactly what it needs to do, and that's get DC back on track. So I'm going to take it. I'm, I'm excited. I'm taking it. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for that. 
All right, so next up is the two upcoming releases from this week. Uh, the first one is one that I've actually already seen, surprisingly. Spoilers! Uh, yeah, spoilers. So the first one is the animated movie from DreamWorks starring Alec Baldwin. It's Boss Baby. Mm-hmm. Alex? I'm not feeling this one. Yeah? It reminds me of that film from the 90s, um, Baby Geniuses, yeah. or whatever it's called. And I didn't like that one either. Yeah. It just, uh, I don't know. It, it I, there, there was just nothing in the trailers that really made me want to go see really? this film. Yeah. I actually, just... when I watched the trailers, going right off, like just the trailers, there were two scenes in the trailers that made me want to go see it. The first one was when all the kids are sitting around, like standing around the table mm-hmm. and they're talking about like their plan and it shows that they're like all intelligent. Yeah. And then the second one is when they have like the really intense car chase outside and the parents look outside and the kid's just being dragged by the police vehicle that, yeah, they, that, that the baby's that, driving Yeah, that part in. is funny. But but honestly, like that scene of them all around the table, I'm pretty sure that exact scene happens in Baby Geniuses. Yeah? Yeah, I think See, it does. I haven't seen that. I, I, I vaguely remember this, but I, I'm going to have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure that exact scene happens. Yeah. So I was kind of like, oh, it just feels like a ripoff of that yeah. movie. Well, I have a cartoon s- version. Yeah. Because that one was live action. I'm going to take it. Yeah. And this is purely based on the trailers that mm-hmm. I saw. Just because it looked engaging. Well, you already took it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. based on the trailers and everything, um, I think that this movie was looks like it was funny enough for all audiences mm-hmm. and has the jokes in there for everybody. Um, and Alec Baldwin playing a baby that's yeah. in a suit. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, that is kind how, of funny. How much do you need him? Like, does he need to put a fake wig on too just to kind of... Look like Donald Trump? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay, so yeah, I'm going to leave that one. Yeah. Um, the next one that's coming out this week is Ghost in the Shell. I'm really, I'm actually really excited for this one. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I saw an extended look at it, like an extended trailer, um, when I went and saw a movie this week, and they gave a lot more of the backstory of this movie, and I got more hyped for it, because it, yeah. it seems like it's in the vein of something like Total Recall meets, like, mm-hmm. Minority Report, but it gives you, like, the essence of, like, the cybernetics behind some other movies like RoboCop. And so, like, mm-hmm. when you put all those elements together, and you got the griminess of the world, like Judge Dredd or Blade Runner, which is the type of dystopian future I love to see in sci-fi movies. You put all that stuff together, and that's what Ghost in the Shell is. Um, it has been, like, hit with so much controversy over the acting and stuff. Yeah, But I think that watching the movie and kind of, like, having that opinion after the fact might be how i'm gonna perceive it just mm-hmm. because i think that the story looks really good and so i i just want to go into it now with what i know like i wish i for this type of movie i wanted to know as little as possible but now i'm kind of glad i know as much as i do because it's not too much mm-hmm. like they didn't give away things in the trailers so i'm excited to see it. yeah i i mean i love that i'm going into this not knowing what the heck she's doing like is she working for these people is she trying to bring them down is she working for them while trying to bring them i i don't Mm -hmm. and like what who's the main bad guy there i know nothing which is really cool you just kind of see her punching people i do think it's kind of off-putting and weird that that she was chosen for to play that uh scarlett johansson was chosen to play this character because i mean it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't sit right 
to mm-hmm. me. I, I, I think it should they should have been picked something more true to the original character. But um, yeah, I, I tackle your thoughts. I mean, it, I definitely get the RoboCop feel from from the trailers, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's interesting. It's, it's got like a RoboCop slash. Kind of like the Matrix with the with the fight scenes a little yeah. bit, and yeah, no, I, I'm excited. I think it's it'll be good. It'll be a good watch. I'll take that one. <laughs> cool. So to recap for Take It or Leave It, for the R-rated musical starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Channing Tatum, we are both going to take that. For trailers this week, Coco, I'm going to take it, and well, I'm going to take the movie, but we're both yeah. going to leave this specific trailer. I'm leaving the movie. And and you're leaving. I'm just kind of. Oh wow! What's a Pixar movie? I know. I just... What shame. I mean, Cars okay. 2. Okay. Um, Captain Underpants, we're both going to take it. Justice League, you know, it was a dumpster fire, but we're hyped for this now. Super hyped. Uh, in terms of the upcoming releases, Boss Baby, I'm going to take it, and Alex is going to leave it. And for Ghost in the Shell, starring Scarbay, we're both going to take it. Scarbay, yeah. So, Scarbay! Next up, it's the weekly picks. Our choices for what's worth or not worth your time based on what we invested our time in this week. So, Alex, what is your first pick? Well, what did I invest my oh-so-important time in this week? We know it's not, not that no, important. No, we, we know that. Um, I actually uh, went back and watched one of my favorite, all-time favorite TV series of Frasier? all time. Uh, no, not Frasier. Seinfeld? <laughs> no. <laughs> How I Met Your Mother. Oh. That 70s show is good, though. How I Met Your Mother. Um, and it made me rethink how much I like or dislike the the ending that they chose. And I know there was, like, a lot of controversy, and I was all on the board the I'm pissed train. Um, <laughs> I was not happy. But going back and watching the first season, um, I was kind of shipping um, Ted and Robin again. Because <sighs> when, when they first meet, you know, this. It makes sense. Later on, I mean, everything they go through afterwards and the last season, oh my God, if I ever have to watch that last season again. You're going to have to. You're rewatching it. I'm not going to. I'm going to rewatch it and I refuse to watch that last season because it should have been. You have to watch the last episode. Well, yeah, I'll watch the last episode, but I'm not watching that last season because it's stupid. It's over like two days and they should have ended the season, the the series way before that. Mm -hmm. It went on way too long, but it's a really good watch. I recommend just watching the first... It's like, it's like eight, nine seasons, right? I think like nine, yeah. Yeah, so I recommend watching mm-hmm. eight seasons and then stopping. And then just... You're good. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely go watch that if you haven't seen it and if you've been living under a rock for forever. It's a good show. I always find it funny like when, when people try to compare their friend groups. Um, <laughs> they either go with friends or they go with How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. I it was one of my favorite shows when it was on. Uh, I loved yeah. all the characters. I love I love all those actors. Yeah, no, um, there's some. Great I think actors. that the weakest link in the show, like, was probably Ted. Yeah, he was. So. He's, my mom was watching it with me too for a couple episodes. And she's just like, he's really intense, isn't he? I'm like, yes, he is. He's way too much. But yeah. Barney Stinson is probably one of my favorite TV characters of all time. Surprise, surprise. Okay. And I love that he's played by Neil Patrick Harris. He's like yeah. the biggest lady killer played by this guy who is very gay. Yeah. And he does it so well. Neil Patrick Harris is phenomenal. He's such a great actor. Good show. So my first pick for this yes. week is a movie that I saw, and it's actually the one I reviewed this week, and that is Life. So Life. Because he has one. Yes, because I go out and do things. 
So, <laughs> life is a sci-fi horror. Um, I went to the premiere with one of my buddies, and it was a good time. So, I had an IMAX. It was actually pretty good in IMAX. Because yeah. you didn't have a 3D glasses, but you got the surround sound. Ooh. So, you want the surround sound for this movie. You I definitely hate 3D. want it. Because I freaking hate 3D. It's this movie, thing. because it's a sci-fi horror, you're always going to compare it to things like Alien and the Thing. And so, you're going to have movement scares mm-hmm. where there's things moving around in the environment. And having that surround sound, you hear it behind you to your right, you hear it behind you to your left, and it just immerses you all that much more. So I think that this movie, I would go see it in IMAX again just because of how good it was, and it's not super expensive. It stars Jake Gyllenhaal, Ryan Reynolds, and Rebecca Ferguson. I'd say out of everyone in the cast, even the actors that are not top-billed are phenomenal in their roles. I'd actually say Jake Gyllenhaal is probably the least... um, like, his performance is the most forgettable, I'd say. Wow. Um, which is surprising because I yeah, love Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, his last, like, five or six movies have been phenomenal. I, and he's good and in Donnie this. Donnie Darko forever. He's wow. good in this, though. But, like, everyone else is just that much yeah. higher than wow. him. Um, I like the unpredictable uh, story in this movie as well because they don't ever definitively tell you if there's one character that you're following. So everyone's on the same playing field. So anyone cool. could die. I like that. Yeah. Ooh. And on top That's of it. Don't ruin this too much for me because I really want to see it. It's a horror movie. So it's like Alien and the Thing. But it's actually set in our world to the point where it feels like this could happen in the future. Yeah, it's plausible. Yeah. Which I really liked when I was watching the trailers. I was like, oh, cool. Like, this is something that, I mean, it's not Alien or Predator, like, that doesn't make sense. And yeah. you're like, that would net. Wow. That, I really doubt that would ever happen. Mm-hmm. This is something that feels... Possible and and something that feels like it could yeah. you know really happen. So well, yeah, I I really like that movie. If you've seen it and you want to talk about it, check out my review. But yeah, it's it was really good, really good. I I I'm biased to psychological horror and sci-fi, so really I was like, oh my god, this is great. And I wrote a script very similar to this one um, mm-hmm. for school, so. <laughs> watching this movie i'm like oh validation my God. i actually, did a good job <laughs> i actually saw it on screen i'm like wow that's what it would have looked like but yeah it was pretty cool i i was very excited by it so alex second pick my second pick is actually um a show that i was pretty sure got canceled it was never coming back and i was super bummed out about marco polo no <laughs> i still don't i can't remember if that was actually canceled i'm pretty sure that one is actually i'm pretty canceled. sure it is canceled yeah. anyways into the Badlands. It is one of my actually top favorite shows right now. Um, and I love that it comes on after Walking Dead because, first of all, I don't have to hear Chris Hardwick be irritating because he's super irritating. <laughs> but second of all, um, it's kind of a cool um, contrast between the two. Uh, you, you're both... Uh, they are both take place in, um, uh, like, post-apocalyptic landscapes, but at different times, like, into the Badlands is, <clears throat> you know, the, the world had already ended, but mm-hmm. now they're rebuilt. They're, they've rebuilt society in a way, and they're they're there's no. Um, they've got real um, communities, and each community is based on a different thing. Like there's um, one that is they uh, they drill for oil, and one that's opiates, and and so they all have like a different. Um, Resource. trade or resource yeah. that makes them strong and then they can trade with the other communities so it's like almost like walking dead with all of the different 
communities there. But once they've already been established and they've kind of got the ground rules and they are struggling for power a little bit, but it's more established than in Walking Dead. And we kind of have this crazy theory where Sunny from... Um, from Into the Badlands is actually Maggie and Glenn's child all grown up, which would be really kind of a cool crossover. Yeah. Well, there was already the <laughs> other... Because you don't know his parents. You yeah. never find out. There was also that other crazy thing, and it's not to do with Into the Badlands, but if they're all together, like, it's AMC, right? Yeah. So the one that I read is that um, there's a scene in, like, the first two seasons of Walking Dead where Merle has a bunch of drugs because he was a drug dealer, and he has, bl- like, blue meth. Oh, crazy. Okay. So they're like, oh, crossover. Like that. So that's that's a little bit interesting. Like it's AMC, so it would be interesting. Now, of course, I can't do that with things like Mad Men because it's dated. Mm -hmm. Um, But they could reference things that might have happened in Mad Men. um, Yeah. Like as like they could have had a billboard that we didn't see or like something that was just faintly there. It was like an advert that they had done. And it was just, like, someone had it as, like, a vintage thing in the house. And so maybe someone picked up on that. But I think it would be cool that AMC would do something like that. So is it plausible? I maybe think not. Plausible, maybe. yes. Maybe not. Likely, no. <laughs> so, But still very uh, cool thought. Yeah. It's and always I, cool to do that, though. Yeah. Like, to find, like, these connections and see how you could mix them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's um, in the new season, they've got this new um, this new part of the world that we've never seen. And it's very mm-hmm. Mad Max, and I love it. It's really cool. And they've got some cool new concepts of how people are, are, are um, they're basically digging through piles of trash to find treasures, like rings and things. So it looks like the rubble of what used to be a city, and they're digging through it trying to find people's mm-hmm. old belongings to sell or use. And I think that's cool. I, I, I love the concept of the, the new season. Super excited for more, and especially since Walking Dead has been so slow and yeah. just kind of underwhelming. This I love season. how they told us that for the second half of the season, it was going to be like them banding together and trying to like take down everything, and then it's been slower than the yeah, first half. So bad. Okay. It's like, let's take them down. Okay. Well, here's a backstory on someone you don't care about. Here's yep. a backstory on something you really didn't need to know. Oh, great. Thanks. Oh. Yeah, whatever. Um, my second pick for the week is the movie that I saw in advance, and I saw this with a buddy. We got advanced tickets a week in a week in advance, obviously. And, Say advanced uh, again. Advanced. It was advanced. Advanced. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Boss Baby. This movie um, definitely is for all ages. You can take like if you have kids and you want to go and see this movie. Uh, you can definitely take your kids and still enjoy it yourself. But if you're a young adult, you can also go if you like if you grew up. I find that there used to be a stigma on like young adults going to um, animated movies. And me and our group of friends went and saw uh, Big Hero 6 on premiere night. And it was f- filled with children. And it was just <laughs> all of us just sitting there with these kids. And it was a good movie. Like if yeah. you grew up. As someone who is, like, now between 20 to, like, 35 or even 40, you grew up through that renaissance of the Disney movies and stuff. So, obviously, like, it brings back nostalgia to go back and see those movies. And to go to a movie like this, you think, oh, it's about babies, it's this, that, the other thing. No, it has the comedy that, like, Shrek and How to Train Your Dragon did where it can um, give you the the adult humor that will go over kids' heads, but then it still has some of that physical comedy for children. This mm-hmm. movie isn't filled with potty jokes and stuff. There is some, like, <laughs> a little bit more risque stuff for a movie like that, 
but I really like the story. Like it, it's very typical of a of an animated movies, particularly for DreamWorks. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't give you that Disney vibe. It gives you the like uh, How to Train Your Dragon or even going into like Illumination Studios and like Despicable Me kind of vibe. But yeah, it was it was funny. I I liked the actors and how they did the characters. Everything was good. It was all it was great to see. Well, hear Lisa Kudrow sing blackbird throughout the movie because all i was thinking is oh my god phoebe she's singing again oh my god so yeah i i like the movie i thought it was yeah. good yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna Maybe review I'll it, give it a chance, then. yeah i have more in-depth views for it which i'm gonna explain mm. later but um yeah overall just initial thought it was a good movie oh, okay cool all right so I like that that's the weekly picks now we're on to alex's favorite part of the show alex why don't you take it away Hey, 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 hey. This section, yes, is my favorite section of the show. This is the audience participation part of our show where we ask you to join us in watching something good, bad, or ugly. This is Netflix roulette. What if one time when we did this, we actually got the good, the bad, and the ugly? <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> we should cross your fingers. Cross your fingers. Um, so unfortunately, life got in the way. Things happened this past week, yeah. and we were unable to watch our Netflix roulette pick. Life actually specifically happened for me on Thursday night. <laughs> okay. Um, but we hope you watched it anyways. And if you did, please let us know in the comments. We'd love to know how that went for you and yes, what your thoughts that, were. And Well, because we couldn't even watch the movie that initially yeah. came up. We were supposed we to see Fascination, a- which was like this weird story about like, I think it was like strippers owning like an inn yeah and they, and they like kill the people but it was like an erotic like weird movie from the 70s <laughs> and of course that wasn't on netflix canada so we got the other one and it was called the beast and it was supposed yeah. to be a retelling of the classic tale beauty and the beast which was fitting with like beauty and the beast coming out yeah this one was from like 1979 i, I actually had, kind like, of really wanted to yeah. watch that i, I, I may still like, watch it erotic and... or something really still. yeah oh. or like something like that they said it was the a controversial movie I don't know how I feel about that. And so I don't know if it maybe like goes on like bestiality or something. Oh, okay. Never mind. I don't we don't know. Watch this. We don't. Okay, controversial. That's controversial. Moving on to our Netflix roulette picks. Maybe we should so just do back it. to back. We could this week just back to back both of them. You can fit them in two movies. You can fit anything in if you put your mind to it. We'll watch our first Netflix roulette <laughs> pick, <laughs> and then if we have time, we can definitely try and watch. Yeah. The second one. See how it goes. All right. Okay. Drum roll, please. Okay, <laughs> we got the movie, yes, movie, yes, Citadel Ooh. from 2012. So this oh, has so a, it's new. Yeah. Cool. So this has a 3.1 rating on Netflix US. Okay. Dylan, if you want to check it if it's in Yes, on that's Canada. exactly what I'm going to do. Um, so this movie, uh, months after a gang of feral children attack and kill his pregnant wife, okay, gory, Agoraphobic young father Tommy is left to raise their daughter on his own, but his persistent visions of his late wife's attackers propel his phobia to menacing new heights. That actually sounds really cool wow. and weird and spooky. This sounds like, like that. dystopian. It it sounds like Lord of the Flies with like the feral children thing. Yeah. But then at the same time, it sounds like. Have you seen the movie Book of Eli? No, I haven't seen that. It's like Mad Maxi in a yeah. way, but it's like that dystopian post-apocalyptic future. Hmm. Sounds a bit like that. And this movie is in fact on Netflix Canada, which yes! means we get to watch it. Score! 
Sure. I love I that. This is like the first one. And like the image <laughs> is this creepy old, it reminds me of Left 4 Dead, honestly. It's like yeah. this dilapidated um, apartment building with all these teenagers in hoodies that look like zombies around it. And it's all like so misty like and smoky. So it does purge. look like, yeah, no, it does. No, because the purge is in, I mean, it's not dystopian. So I think. No, but it's like the hoodies. Or not. And post-apocalyptic but this looks oh, very you know post-apocalyptic what the hoodie, the hoodies look like that kid from insidious yes oh yeah yeah creepy yeah fantastic okay so i will not sleep can't well, wait i guess we're watching that movie this week yes, so again so it'll probably us. be either tuesday or wednesday as yeah. per usual uh we'll tell you shortly after this video is posted and the podcast is live However, uh, if you want to join us in Netflix Roulette, you can always follow us on Twitter or Tumblr. Mm -hmm. We use the um, hashtag FanaticRoulette, and both of those are Film Fanatic Show. So nice. join us in live blogging, live tweeting. Alex gets the Twitter. I get the more vulgar Tumblr. I get the gifts. Love the gifts. Yeah, and gifts, I get the vulgarness. Jiffy gifts. And, uh... Yeah, join us in that, and mm -hmm. hopefully this week we can watch at least this one, if not maybe the second one, but don't get your hopes up. Yeah. Yeah, probably well. just this one. So, with that, it seems like we have talked about everything. Oh, no. Yeah. That's sad. Seems like we're, we've gotten through Out of the things week. to say? Yeah. I'm done with you. You're done with me? I can't do No, I'm leaving now. I oh, okay. don't want to hear any more of your we're nonsense. You're attic, but we chain you up here. <laughs> I do live up here. <laughs> My room's just over there. I live in the attic. It's horrible. No, I'm kidding. It's fine. Um, uh, yeah. So if you have any questions, topics, comments, inquiries, who knows? Um, General you, musings. We'd love to hear them. Um, so you can send those to us at the you, on our email. Trying to read it over here. The fanatticpodcast at gmail.com or message us on any of our various social media yeah, so the social Sites. media is Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and mm -hmm. Instagram. All of those are Film Fanatic Show, whether or not it's an Kiss. at sign or slash, what have you. We're on all those. Um, yeah, so follow us there. We uh, we post fairly frequently on some of those. Mostly uh, mostly Facebook, just the videos. And, and my random thoughts. And my I'll, random shower thoughts. <laughs> yeah, and I randomly do live blogs of TV yeah. shows as I watch them on Tumblr. Um, just to kind of get into it but yeah if you want to talk about things like that just go there uh, in terms of Come the new content that's coming out obviously i saw life and i told you guys a little bit about it but if you want to see more that video did it up. give you life yeah it didn't give me lemonade though oh and lemons um but i'm also probably gonna put up a video about boss baby i uh, don't know when that's gonna be up yet that uh yet though uh, in terms of the Fanatic 5 videos, uh, still doing actor spotlights just because those are the things that people still seem to be interested them. in. Yeah. So this week uh, is related to Beauty and the Beast. So, or did I? No, I already did that one. Beauty and the Beast came out. Yeah. You're so confused. Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Because uh, he's always fun. Uh, that was that was a little a bit guy. hard was to it? do. Yeah. Because I, I looked at so many movies and so many people always take away that obi that he played obi-wan because they don't believe that the star wars movies were good like the prequels whatever really, he was great i he was the best he, part of that mcgregor's character was really good i loved he stepped him into alec guinness's shoes yeah and played it beautifully oh, i thought it was great and so i was like i don't care that's what one of said. the things about the prequels that i would not change and still love yeah. to this day um 
The one coming out this week uh, is going to have to do with one of the characters from Life. So I've I've already done one about Jake Gyllenhaal. So you have five other actors to choose from. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, I've got no other videos to talk about. Oh, you are boring. Yeah. Okay. So I'm Dylan Phillips. And I'm Alex Hicks. And thank you for listening to the Fanatic Podcast. So until next time, Fanatics, keep it real.